Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to episode 12 of Joke Artist. We're your host, Ryan Dever. And I'm Jason Katz. And you're Jason Katz, and I love that about you. Um, and today on the show, we have an incredible comedian, Jessica Curson. Um, she is, well, to use incredible, again, absolutely incredible. She's hilarious, so talented. She is just, she is comedy. Um, she has a new yeah. FX uh, feature-length documentary coming out um, called Hysterical that's premiering at the South by Southwest Festival in March. Um, she's been on, you know, the late Late night shows. She's been on Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Jay Leno, oh, yeah. um, The View. She's in the. She was in the HBO show Crashing. Um, she was in the film uh, The Comedian with Robert De Niro, and she was also a consultant on that. She talks about how she she basically got to direct uh, Robert De Niro, which was absolutely uh, incredible to hear. And um, uh, don't forget, she also has two podcasts: Relatively Sane and Disgusting Hawk. Uh, both hilarious. Disgusting Hawk, you can find at, uh, on Gas Digital, or you can uh, watch it and listen to it on YouTube. Yeah, well, we got to talk to her about everything in comedy, and she's just so knowledgeable, and uh, it was really, really one of my favorite interviews, and here it is. Hi. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're super excited to hear about your documentary that's coming out on FX. It's going to be premiering at the South by Southwest uh, Festival um, called Hysterical. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about that, what we can expect from it, and uh, how you kind of got into producing that? Sure. Uh, I was doing a spot, a stand-up spot at Stand Up New York in New York City, and there was an advertising agency was there for a party. Um so they had some comics come up and do jokes and they responded to what I did. And then they, you know, met with me after the show and said, we're looking to do a project with female comics and we don't know really what it is, but we'd love to meet with you. And I started to meet with them with my manager, Jim Serpico. Um, and we got to talking and we were going to make a, uh, a, a short film with them uh, and get sponsors through their advertising agency and it didn't work out. But during that time, we met with um, a production company in in California that works on documentaries a lot. And we connected. And my manager brought the deal to FX and they loved it. And they decided they wanted to, you know, have the movie on their network. So we filmed it for about a year. Uh, wow. And thank God oh. we finished it before, yeah, before COVID. Really? Um, we switched, yeah, we switched directors and it was a whole thing. But it's it's amazing. It's a documentary about female comedians. And we have Kathy Griffin in it and Margaret Cho and Fortune Feimster and Eliza Schlesinger, a lot of people. And there's about 15 of us that are featured. And I um, ended up executive producing with these other people and it came out amazing and I can't wait for people to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, like, so yeah. did you, did you have the idea like a little while back to, to start it off or was it sort of a, like a recent, more recent idea when you started going into production? Well, I, I never had the idea of doing it, but then when I was approached by the advertising agency, you know, I got oh, okay. into it and, yeah, and I love producing, and 
um, have had a couple of other experiences where I produce stuff. So we just, it all just happened fast. And wow, uh, that's awesome. And then we made it and it's coming out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, South by Southwest. I mean, that's huge. NFX. When you're producing something like that and you're in it, is that difficult to, you know, because you're the producer, you're in it as well. Is it sometimes difficult to see yourself perform as a producer that's thinking, okay, what's best for this documentary to tell the story? This joke works better here. Um, how does that kind of work when you're playing both roles? Or, or is it an well, issue I at all? A, yeah. No, it's a good question. I mean, I, I played a very big role in getting people to do it. You know, I texted everyone and said, I'm working on this. I think my relationship with a lot of people made them know that it would be a, like, you know, it would be a, a good project and um, they wouldn't get taken advantage of or, look, you know, seen in, a, in right. the wrong light or whatever. So right. um, that helped a lot. And I had to take a step back and not you know, not just want to be in the whole thing constantly and really just make it the best it could be. Um, you know, I'm in it a bunch, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you're not just talent. So it's not, it wasn't about me. It was about making the best movie possible. And, um, I, I had a very, you know, it was important for me to be behind the scenes with the whole thing with the director and the edits and all of that, because I was obviously the only comic, that was a part of creating it. That's awesome. That must be a really cool experience to, you know, be a lifelong comedian where, you know, the success of the jokes and the show is on you. And then to shift to a super collaborative effort where you're working with other comedians and, and other, you know, editors and shooters and whatnot. How does that dynamic kind of change you as a comedian, if at all? Well, it didn't, I mean, it didn't change me as a comedian. It was a little difficult because there's a ton of people who probably wanted to be in it, um, who aren't in it, but I, you know, suggested a, a lot of women and they, yeah, we all did, but they kind of chose, you know, some of the people that they'd want in it that I, it's not that I would like, I would have chose everyone they chose, but I would have loved to see other people in it too. It's just, yeah. you can't have too many people in the movie. Um, and also it's, it's a, you know, it's a weird thing when you're, when you're comic and it's your friends and I had to look at it from right. a more critical standpoint. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's awesome. And, and more specifically in, in your comedy, Shifting into just kind of, um, you know, we're, we're obviously fans of yours. That's why we're having you on. Um, your style of comedy is a lot of crowd work. And we were, you know, wondering um, how long it kind of took you when you were starting out to build that confidence. I know you said in, in, um, in an interview that, you know, one of the toughest parts about doing stand-up is kind of bringing that confidence and um, convincing the audience in a way that you are funny that you that you know that you should you know be there and they should be laughing at you how you know what went into you developing that strength of yours as a comedian with crowd work and then you know shifting into um talking to yourself of course if if a joke mm -hmm. doesn't land a certain way you have that kind of defense mechanism that you can still quickly turn it around um what what kind of went into building your comedic voice well I spent years hosting shows. Uh, I used to run shows at Gotham Comedy Club in New York, mm. and I used to host them a lot, these new talent shows, and it really helped me. I remember 
talking to Joy Behar early on when I started and she's like, you should host a lot. It'll make you really comfortable with the audience and comfortable talking to the crowd. And that helped a lot. And I, I loved, you know, I'm very, I was always quick. So it was very easy for me to like improv and come up with funny stuff on the spot. And some people that's not their strength, right? but that was a strength for me. And also I, I love talking to people and I see comedy as more of a conversation. I don't Mm. see it as like a, um, a monologue. I think it's really important. Um, but the turning to, to my back to the audience and talking to myself, that just came like one night I was doing a show and something I did didn't do well. And I just turned around and like motivated myself. And, uh, and then for a long time, it didn't work because you have to do it at the right time. Like it really has to only be when I feel uncomfortable or something happens in the room or a joke doesn't land uh, or else it kind of makes no sense when I'm having that conversation with myself. Right. And it's really like a bomb line. You know, I taught comedy for so many years and I used to tell people you have to have a way out, mm. whether it's, you know, you look at a guy in the audience and say, sir, please lay off five issues with my father or <laughs> wow, it's dead in here. Or what is this, a funeral? Like whatever you have to say to break the tension. It's right. really important. Yeah. The bomb lines. That's such a, that's really interesting. I've never heard it uh, explained in, in that way. That's so cool. I mean, so you're saying you go in, you write your jokes, but you also write all your backup jokes as like a subcategory of if this doesn't go well, this is like, as you said, my way out. I think that's very important, especially when you're starting out. I mean, when I say starting out in your first 10 years, I mean, it's like, you know, one of the worst things I can see a comic do is if it's not going well and people aren't laughing, they just keep going. So what else can I say? It's like, no, it's not going well. And you need to address it. And it really changes the whole energy. Like you all of a sudden will start doing well if you just point out what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What's wild about, and I find so like fascinating about you is that you have like a lot of self-deprecation in your humor and but it's so confidently done if you know if that makes sense yeah i know it you know what that's a that's a very good observation because i've thought of that myself that i do do that um i think that's part of who i am it's like you ever hear that term piece of shit in the center of the universe it's like you know it's (laughs) it's like i have so much self-hatred but then again i know i'm good like it's it's i'm both people so I think that's what comes out in my act, and that's really true for me. Yeah, and I think that's why people really connect with your comedy, too, is right. because you're coming from a place that is a conversation, that is like, hey, I'm not better than you. I know I'm a little bit physically raised up above you on the stage here, but this is a conversation. Mm-hmm. This is for all of us to kind of turn off um, our brains for a little bit and have some fun. I think that's that's what's contagious about um, your stand-up. Thank you. I mean, I think it's, it, I always say to people, the goal is to have people to want to hang out with you after the show. Right. Like, if yeah. you can have people want to be your friend, you're in good shape. You know, when people come up to me and be like, oh my God, I wish you could come out and hang out with us. Like, that's that's the goal. Because <laughs> if you think about anyone who does really well, the comics who are big, right now especially, you know, it's the Burt Kreischer. It's the, it's like these people that you just want to hang out with and have a beer with or right, you right. Know, hang out in your living room. And I think that's really, really important. And I know that I'm likable that way. You know, I'm not I, – right. I can, I can uh, really – gel with people I always could so I have that that's a I'm I'm grateful for that because a lot of comics are brilliant but they don't have that gift of connecting with people yeah 
Is that ever like almost like a curse in a way though too? Because everyone thinks you know they can be your friend, and then afterwards, maybe you not maybe you don't want to see <laughs> yeah. uh, all the fans. Yeah, it's hard for me. I have to be <laughs> honest. Like I like them, but it's very draining when you're doing. <laughs> You know, especially on the road when you're doing sure. five, six shows and yeah. three nights and it's it's a lot. And I, I know some people can do it. You know, they can hang out for hours and they'll go to the Oof. bar with people. And I, I can't do that. I wish I could because it yeah. really does help. But I can't. And I, I've learned to preserve my energy and um, and I can be uh, aloof. I, I, I like that word because it's <sighs> not that I'm rude or stand, I'm just aloof with people you know, a lot of people really feel like you're friends with them. And sometimes they'll get hostile. Like someone will <laughs> really? send me a message on Instagram and be like, you know, want to ask me something. And then I don't get right back. And they're like, I don't understand why you're not getting back. Like, We're not friends. Like, why you, what makes you think I have to get right back to you? It's crazy. That is yeah. an amazing way to live your life, though. I, I'm very curious about this person that's going around messaging people being like, you know, doggone it. I don't know why these people aren't getting back to me. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. Complete strangers not answering I know, me. Because they really do feel like they know you. Yeah. When, yeah. When someone gets too familiar and like, I can always tell if someone's sending me too many messages and getting a little crazy, I just don't respond. Um, and then it usually stops, but it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot, especially when you're a comedian, cause you're talking about such real things right, and they think right. they can just joke around with you and be friends with you. Well, one of my uh, fa uh, favorite things of yours is, and I was wondering if you're doing this now, actually, for promoting hysterical, is is when you do the morning shows, um, because it just <laughs> seems like you have yeah. so much fun messing with everybody, and I mean mm -hmm. the the one <laughs> that stands out in my mind is when, is when you did the that morning show, and uh, you know you just. They they gave you some turkey. I think it was turkey and corn, and then you just sort of that was for everybody. And then and then you just went in face first and just started eating it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of you know a lot of comics have watched that over and over and over again because it's it literally is like a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's like doing this local morning show in Connecticut, and you know there was a point when I was sitting there and they just started ringing bells and going, the telling me I said the word of the day, and I'm like, what did I say? And then they. <laughs> I didn't even say the word. And then the guy, the host started running around and he ran into one of the cameramen and fell down. I mean, it was so oh my God. insane. I, I do a lot of crazy stuff on the morning. I mean, on the morning shows, I'm doing a lot of interviews now for the movie. And uh, it's really amazing how horrible some people are at interviewing people like us like, yeah how did you get yeah we're, we're sorry by the way we want to pre-apologize about terrible no not you guys oh my god stop yeah. it no but they're they're they just you know sometimes a guy will like completely try to be the comic and get the joke right you know, keep right. joking around and it's just it's uh and on the road it can be brutal because you're half asleep you know, to get right. up at six, seven o'clock and do these morning shows. And they do help sell tickets, but they're brutal. Oh. Yeah, but you just seem to have, be having so much fun on them whenever, you know, I, I get to see clips of it. But I was wondering, like, you know, you know, now due to COVID, are you doing any morning sort of Zooms uh, to promote the movie or to promote uh, your special? Well, I have a bunch of stuff being um, set up now. And a lot of the stuff I've done is over the phone or print. Like, I'll, you know, get a bunch of questions and answer them. But I do have 
So like, I have a Zoom thing set up for tomorrow where I'm being interviewed for a half hour. Oh, so gotcha. it should be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see that. It's Yeah, I, I'll, you know, I'll always give the person with me who drove me there my phone and be like, can you please film this? Because I know, you know, I'll either like fall asleep on a chair while they're talking to me. I, I do things to... And, and a lot of times they don't even get it. They're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just a little tired. Like I'm pretending like I'm sleeping. I mean, that's yeah. just idiot. Like, and they have to stay so buttoned up too, which is so funny. Right. And they're also, it's weird because it's, you're, like you said before, it's, they try to be the, the quirky person also, but it's TV interview yeah. humor, which is not funny. So it's like, well, you know, I, I know a thing or two about uh, cracking jokes. Uh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. dear God, please like, <laughs> let a lightning bolt hit this person. What <laughs> what happens after the camera's rolling on those morning talk shows? Like, so, so it's over, you know what I mean? Do you have to say, hey, uh, sorry about that? Or, or do you just continue on and they get the joke? Yeah, no, I continue on whether they get the joke or not. I'm, I'm not like I play the game in business, but I don't kiss ass. And right. I, I feel like that's the right thing to do. It's like I'm not some. I'm again. Some people play the game, and they'll be like, "Joe, let's keep in touch." You know, like comics that are yeah. so chummy with everyone. I just mm. don't have the energy, so I'm always respectful. Right. But if they don't get the joke, it's even funnier to me. Um, and if they do get the joke, it's great. And they're like, oh, my God, you were hilarious. Thank you so much for doing this. It was hysterical. I saw an interview with you talking a little bit about that, um, what you, you, know, you just explained. Um, but let me repeat it now. Um, no. <laughs> um, but um, of you saying that you, like you said, you love catching people off guard and making them, you know, it's, it's a weird duality of comedy. You want people to kind of turn off their brains, but also think but not think too much but then there are the people that literally go to shows and it seems like they want to analyze every joke and they mm -hmm. need to get it and then therefore you know they don't get it or they get angry or offended or whatever do you think there's mm -hmm. that's gotten you know the ratio of people that go to turn off and have fun and if they don't get it whatever um versus the people that are there sitting intently trying to break you down and analyze you know do you think that's gotten worse as of late i know it's difficult now because uh, you know things are shut down and whatnot yeah. but um yeah i was just oh, no, curious what you still, think i mean i'm still yeah yeah i'm still doing a lot of shows so i'm still doing stuff on zoom a lot and i also am doing a little road work so I do have the experiences still. I can tell you that there's a couple things. First of all, it depends where in the country you are. Mm. Um, if you're in San Francisco, everyone's going to be tearing apart every, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people are going to really, really be listening and making, you know, making sure it's not offensive. And if you're in the middle of Ohio somewhere there, they want to hear the offensive. It's like, <laughs> I, I do think that a lot of people are nervous in the crowd now. And it does suck because, Comedy, I think, is really supposed to be like, just sit down, you know, just be present, listen to what's going on and just laugh and not analyze it or think about it. Or right. I just I think people need to be entertained. And the problem is, like, everyone's afraid now. What can I laugh at? What can I? What's going on yeah. with the person next to me laughing? I think it'll be better now. I think before the election, it was just a nightmare. Yeah. And now I think it'll be a little better. Yeah, my, my hope is that people are able to now take a look because of like this pandemic and go, hey, there's like way more important things than 
you know, canceling comics for saying a silly joke, you know, or something like that. Hopefully, you know, my, yeah, that's my hope is that now people go, Oh, you know what? I think we should just start laughing at everything again. Uh, instead of doing what we were doing before. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Again, I, my hope is people go, Oh, I'm in a comedy club. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm watching comedy. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there are going to be people, especially like the younger generation that are very, very sensitive. I mean, the fact that someone could hear a joke and then insist on an apology is just the funniest thing to me. I, I, I mean, it's like you can be offended. I get it and say something about it, but to insist on an apology, I mean, I, there are comics where the things that come out of their mouth, I think are horrific, vile, and it makes me hate them as a person, but I don't watch them. (laughs) Right. And I don't listen to them. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's your choice. For that reason. Sure. But I would never tell them what they can and can't say. Absolutely. Unless right. they were promoting violence of or course. you know assault or something like that. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but their point of view on something, I, I like. Where's the line? Right. Where That's, do you draw the line? And who draws it? Yeah. Exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's we're looking for perfection and imperfect people, which is a little silly. Um, right. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Oh, yeah. sorry. No, Ryan, you, go, you go. No, 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 you go. Oh, yeah, no. With with <laughs> that's the rest of the interview. Go. No, 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 no. After you. After you. Okay. This is uh, welcome back to the polite, <laughs> overly polite show. Uh, we'll begin anytime anybody <laughs> wants to. Well, Jessica's out of time. We ruined it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, anyway, um, no, yeah. With with you know, segueing into you know, people apologizing, whatnot. You know, you consulting on the movie The Comedian, which is about you know, a comic that kind of has to apologize also. Was that, um, mm-hmm. you know, did you kind of bring, um, you know, what what kind of element from your experience of, of comedy and experiencing comics apologizing and writing jokes and suffering from jokes or, or you know, crowds that heckle, whatnot? Um, how did you kind of bring that to um, that, you know, the consulting in, in making that film? Well, that was an unbelievable experience. I mean, that was another example of me just performing at the Comedy Cellar, and De Niro was there and just connected with me. And, oh, that's and so cool. I met with him. Yeah, I met with him that week, and I he was meeting with me for me to be in the movie, he and Taylor Hackford. And then we ended up talking for three hours, and you know, I told him I was teaching, and he just we just really connected and I was not starstruck at all. It was the weirdest thing. I still to this day don't know why I never, it didn't even phase me that I was with De Niro. It just was Bob. I, I, (laughs) he was just a regular guy to me and we got along great and just formed this friendship and he really trusted me. And I, it was an incredible thing because I had to teach him how to look and act like a comic who's been doing it for 36 years. And he literally said it was like one of the hardest roles he ever had to play because he had to seem confident on stage. And, you know, he, he wore this thing in his ear while he was performing a lot or practicing. And I would be talking to him from a microphone and it was unbelievable. And I felt like, you know, I'd see someone in the crowd doing something and be like, Bob, look at the guy in the blue shirt and say, you know, it was like, it was really cool. That's so cool. Um, was yeah yeah did so was were those live shows or were those kind of test audiences for filming or or so how did how did that work those when you were, were mic'd um, up? some were test and like but even during the live performances for the movie um like i had a scene with he and leslie mann at the comedy cellar and i was in the scene 
And I like was, you know, I was saying cut in between the scene and like giving them lines. And then I would go back to the acting and it, it was the most incredible experience I've had since I started stand up because I got a producer credit um, and comedy consultant credit and I was in it. And also I really, I mean, Taylor Hackford would hate if I said this, but it's really true. I ended up like directing, <laughs> not directing, but like, I guess what's the word I was cons- uh, directing like consultant because for example, there was a scene with Leslie Mann and De Niro where they couldn't get intimate. And Leslie was like, Jessica, I can't do it. Like he's so much older. I mean, he's so attractive, but like, I can't, I don't know what to do to get and what they wrote is not working for me. Hmm. So I met in a room with the two of them and came up with a whole plan and it's in the movie. Like the whole scene with them is what I came up with. And it was just wow, unreal. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so, wow. So I mean, I discovered so many things I can do that I didn't know I could do. And it was right. really incredible. That's I mean, that's amazing. That that kind of reminds me of a question that I did want to ask you. Doing all these ventures and and figuring all this stuff out, what do you think your end goal would be? Like, do you want to direct more, and do you want to uh, consult more, produce, and still do stand up at the same time, and like, or maybe a sitcom? Or I have a sitcom pilot. I mean, not. I'm writing a script for NBC Peacock and filming a presentation reel and it's a story it's a deal that I got with Bonnie McFarlane we're co-writing it and my managers yeah a co-producer executive producer and so we're in the process of doing that now and it's about my life oh Um, wow so yeah so that's really cool and then I'm also now looking to in the process of making a couple of other documentaries so yeah I, I didn't even before all this, I was like, I don't want to just do stand up. Like I love producing and mm. I love writing and I would love to direct one day. I, I, I always, honestly, my dreams the whole time was to be on Saturday night live and mm. it just didn't happen. Um, and I used to, and I love doing sketch, but I could see myself having a talk show or being on a panel show or, possibly a sitcom. I, I want to do a ton of different things. You know, I love, I love making movies and TV shows and seeing the end product. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's like, it's an amazing thing. It's very stressful as you know, but it's, it's, uh, to see it get done and, yeah. you know, go on TV or seen in theaters is so cool. I mean, yeah, that must be incredible to be involved in it. You know, you're you're doing something, I guess, sort of new. I mean, you're you're a teacher also, so that kind of goes hand in hand with directing and and, and consulting for sure. But the, like yeah. you said, to, for it to be done, and you come through on the other side, and you're like, "Whoa, I did this, and now I get to sit back and watch it." That must be kind of, I mean, it, it, absolutely surreal. Like it's just like talk about checking a box off. I mean, that must be absolutely nuts. And then it's, I guess, yeah. then it sets in. And you're like, "Oh, I was just working with De Niro." What you're like? <laughs> I was, <laughs> So yeah, cool. I think working with him and Harvey Keitel and Danny DeVito, I mean, the list goes on and on and on is, you know, I can say, God, I did, I did it. Like after that, I was like this, that's what, what more can I even ask for? But, um, I, you know, from working on this film, the documentary about female comics in the United States, I thought, why don't I work on a documentary about female comics around the world? So now I'm in the middle mm. of that. Like I just was like, oh, cool. 
I think it's a great idea. So now I'm on Zoom calls every week interviewing female comics from all over the world, and it is so cool. It's wow. like I'm talking to all these women who are doing comedy in the craziest places, who have the craziest situations and the the differences be- between like how they're treated and, sure. and the comedy scene and their, and where they came from and everything. It's so cool. Um, and it's not even like a, you know, I mean, I, you know, making a documentary is not a huge moneymaker, but it's so interesting. And did I ever think I'd be making documentaries like three years ago? Never. Wow. I, so, and I, I just like having my hand in a bunch of different things. And I think it's very important now in this yeah. business, it's yeah. no matter what, yeah, no matter what you do, you have to have 10 things going on to hope that one gets going. Yeah. I always wondered if that was a New York City thing, though, or if it was uh, global, you know, mm-hmm. uh, why it's just because like, you know, uh, you know, myself and, and Ryan, you know, we always have a we're always doing a million different things. And I'm always like, is that the city making me do this? Or is that my ambition? I'm not sure. But I don't know. Uh, you know, what I you think, think it's, it. I mean, the city does. Yeah, it seems like there's so much talked about in LA, and it some of a lot of it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> like people just yeah. keep meeting right, right. at one o'clock for yeah. People like lunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, it's it's like New York is very. There's so much networking going on, and uh, it's such a small community. It really is. Right. You know, I'll yeah. work with someone, and they'll work with someone else I'm friends with, and it's just everyone knows each other. Yeah, I often find that, and it's always strange. Like, hey, you're on this project too? Well, cool. And I'm like, that's weird. Uh, and it continuously yeah, happens. So yeah. it, I just wanted to take one step back real quick, and I just really found a lot of the stuff on your Instagram just so funny of you just messing with people and just things that you mm-hmm. put on there just for anything to just but make people laugh and make yourself laugh. Yeah. Did you always want to do that? Would you ever do some sort of like prank always. show? Yeah, that's my dream. My dream was is literally before anything really is to is to do is to do a prank show. Um, and I had a couple like in development and they just never went anywhere. Um, but yeah, ah, you that. know, I've done a lot with the impractical jokers like I'm very close with Sal and I've done their podcast a bunch of times and their crews. And I'm always, you know, even when I'm at the comedy cellar, I'll walk you know, walk across the room and fall into a table and everyone just knows I'm going to do it. And then people run to help me. And I love, I, my, first of all, my father was the biggest prankster of anyone I've ever known. Oh, really? Constantly pranked me. And I mean, every morning I, he tied one of my shoes for school. He tied my coat. I mean, I grew up with it. And then I realized at a very young age, how powerful it is to be funny and mm. that people love being around someone who's funny and who's silly. And so many people are silly and don't let it go and don't let it out. And, and I also love how uptight people are. It cracks me up. Yeah. It's like, like for what? <laughs> oh yeah. Those are the best people to prank. And, <laughs> and I commit to it. You know, my, my stepbrother is Zach Braff and Zach has always said, listen, if you ever did a prank thing, that's what I would get behind. Cause you're like a female Ali G cause I I'm fearless. Right. You, know, you have I'll so many characters as well that you do. Yeah. Like the Jamie Kennedy show, like that kind of stuff. I just love. Yeah. I would love to see you do that. I'm, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. you, I hope, I'm hoping it just comes back or somehow you, you make those shows happen. Cause I would just love to see you do all those characters that you do on all the podcasts and, and just 
mess with people because even even your your facial expressions. I mean, you can a lot of times you're pranking people with just facial expressions, and you know <laughs> right. that's a that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do have a good face for that, and I do like sometimes the prank is just sitting next to someone in public and just starting to cry. <laughs> yeah, and, that, that is incredible. Like, wailing. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite thing <laughs> because it's it's also like I'm such a truth teller, and people are so in denial of what's going on around them that it it's just hysterical to me <laughs> when they try not to um, see you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Look out the side eye, like, oh no, hope this hope this woman walks away. Yep. If you were genuinely crying, that is most people's response is to be like, oh god, I'm not here, I'm not here, she's not here, she's not here. Yeah, we're, both, <laughs> we're just two people waiting for the bus. You know, people, people, how many people like me are so good at that? But it's so hard to get a show. Like, it's even if you have, you guys know. I mean, you could be famous and great at that and not get a show. You could be like. Right huge it's all meant to be and who you know the connections and if it's the right time and all of that right yeah i mean if it wasn't uh pandemic times here uh you know i would say hey uh mm. just make you know make a show toss it on youtube because people i mean you know are gonna love it or if you just compile the stuff that you have on instagram into one into one like you know 22 minute show because uh geez i mean <laughs> the reactions are just they're so good because there almost sometimes is no reaction. Right. And, like you were and saying, that's what's people really try to funny. Keep, yeah, just like people yeah. trying to avoid looking at what you're doing. Yeah, like when you when you blind when you put on the the, the iPad, like yeah. Eye mask. The, yeah. You put on the, the and, mask, yeah. and you're asking about stuff in the store with the eye mask <laughs> on and all the people are still acting like the customer's always right. I have to not address this instead of being like, ma'am, you're wearing an eye mask. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you mean over here? Where, where are the earrings? I that can't wait to do that again. Like, I oh can't gosh. wait to be able to go out and film that stuff because I, I was filming it constantly and now it's so <laughs> impossible. Especially because of the mask and right. everything. You lose it's the like, expressions. Yeah, it wouldn't work. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll come back. I mean, you know, as soon as uh, whatever is happening with this. <laughs> it ends, never did it, come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I'll, I, I, I hate not being able to make videos in public. It sucks. Yeah. We're the same way, for sure. We're the same yeah. way. We've had to stop everything for quite a while. We were doing some pranks, too, mm -hmm. just, uh, just, you know, just for fun. And uh, we were like, oh, man, we can't prank anymore. I know. It's so much fun. Well, that's the fun of the city, too, is, is you know, now it's even worse to be able to try to confront people because nobody wants to be, you know, within six feet, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not that they did before, but that's what always made it fun, that you were allowed to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be funny to do some pranks and do some video stuff of, like, yelling at people from six feet away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get it like a long measuring tape, hold it out. I'm Have 16. Like, <laughs> six, yeah. yeah, like a ruler or something. That would be yeah. really good. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. Socially distanced questions. I just ask them from far away. Really personal stuff, but from a far distance. I'm sorry I have yeah, to like yell because you get of... get along with your mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. And, and from a certain distance, I mean, from any distance, it'd be weird to ask that. But from like six feet, that would be very weird. To just kind of, you know, you're a good distance away and kind of just gently ask about their upbringing. <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, Were you like... ever touched? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Do you, it, with, with that being said, though, I mean, one thing that I love from from Disgusting Hawk, your podcast, is the reoccurring bit of the meditation commentary. And it's something that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I feel like people would connect with because I think that's the internal monologue everyone has when they're in a you know yoga class or, or wherever you're listening to meditative audio and you're just kind of mm-hmm. like, F you. And I, I, I love... <laughs> the way you, you, you do that on your show, is that something that, you know, you find where you're writing and you go, well, this can't really translate to stand-up. Let me throw this on the podcast. Or do you ever try an idea where you're like, I really want this to work on stage, and then you decide, all right, I'll just put it out on my YouTube channel or I'll put it out on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of comics talk about meditation and like they'll think of something else. But I think if I can talk about it in a, over a real medic meditation, right. it, I, it's a way of doing it where, where it's not like hacky, you know? Um, and the character stuff I wouldn't necessarily do in my standup. Um, so I love putting on wigs and all that kind of stuff and just committing to those characters and, uh, channeling those people you know i do it in my act too but it's so different because i'm not dressed up as the person right right you get the full Um, fully realized yeah yeah and when you you know i saw you were in character when you interviewed mark normand is that something where you know kind of going back to we were talking about um you know one person kind of being the straight man the other person being the crazy man is that difficult sometimes to interview someone in character? Cause you're, you know, you're in a heightened yes. state of comedy and you're interviewing somebody else that's in comedy. How, you know, is that a difficult balance when you're, when you're doing that? It's very difficult because you have to be funny in that character with that right. character's point of view. So I have to like really become the person. And also I add a lot of physical stuff to mm. it. Like I'll, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing the old Jewish grandmother, I'm always playing with my teeth or right. <laughs> fixing the side of my hair or, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Or if I'm doing, you know, Dr. Crane, the, the sex therapist, I'm always like <laughs> eating my hair, <laughs> licking my <laughs> lips or like shoving a bottle down my throat. Um, so it's, but, but I love, I love because I actually shock the comics and they laugh all the time, which is my favorite thing. It's I feel like I'm, it's a little bit doing prank stuff because right. no, yeah, they're shocked at how far I go with it. Right, and they break, <laughs> and you you don't you stay committed to it. I don't. That's the best part. I have. I mean, there's been times when I've cried laughing with someone, and then we have like looper reels and stuff. But for the most part, I keep a straight face, and and I love making them uncomfortable. That's awesome. I mean, does the comic know that which character you're going to be or that you're going to be a character when they, they show up or, or do you surprise them? They know I'm going to be a character, but they're just like, whatever you want to do, Jessica. But they usually find out when they get there what character Mm. it is. Oh, that's awesome. I'll just, I'll just say, just be you. Like, I mean, I have had some comics do characters, which is hysterical also. (laughs) Like their character will interview my character. I'm one of my characters is supposed to meet, um, uh, you know, Jim Norton's character soon. So that, oh, wow. that'll be great. Oh, wow. yeah. I, I, I love doing characters with other comics. Um, like Carmen Lynch, <laughs> she, what, like I have that character, Dr. Pamela Crane, who's a sex therapist and Carmen Lynch came on as my therapist and wore a wig and <laughs> it was hysterical because she was counseling me in the session. Right. Um, counselor. 
Mandy, the one that talks like this, like the yes. one that she yes. she has different comics come in as her podcast tutors because she wants the number one podcast in the world. Her daddy <laughs> pays tutors to come in and teach her, so that's right. that's fun. And the yeah, the reoccurring thing of like, you know, what my daddy did for me. <laughs> yeah, my daddy, my daddy hired me a podcast tutor. I just thought it would be such a good cartoon doing that, like doing that Jewish grandmother, your Jewish grandmother. And then, uh, you know, her teenage granddaughter is played by that character. I, I just thought both of them would work so well in a cartoon if you ever That's created such a that. Funny thing, yeah. Well, I did a reel with someone um, where it was a cartoon, and I played that Jewish old Jewish character, and she was best friends with an older black woman, and they lived in a retirement community together. I, oh. I was shocked that it hasn't sold i'm i'm shocked wow because it's hysterical yeah and it was a brilliant idea like they're always stealing food from buffets and they get high together and they like (laughs) sleep with men it's hysterical oh man that's what i mean like what a great beautiful idea was done incredibly and it, it hasn't sold yet but that just shows you it's right. Yeah. There's a literal catalog of all these things that I'm waiting. I want to go back. I want to see this. I want to see this. I want to see this. Like all these things that you've yeah. created. I'm like, let me release these. Well, let's let me make see something them. together. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. I think this interview yeah. went I mean, well I- then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he goes, dear you God. You know, this is how I ended up doing the, the, uh, this documentary about female comics around the world because I did it. This guy, Eugene Coase's podcast, and he's a South African comic. He's best friends with um, with Trevor Noah, and mm. and I did his podcast. And we started talking, and we were like, we should do a thing about this. And now we're making it. No, that's, it's, awesome. that's what it's all collaborative. Right. But it's yeah, I don't I don't know why some things sell and some things don't sell. And oh yeah, I, I really do believe it's supposed to or it's not. I, yeah. I, what else can you think? I don't know. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, you know, we've done countless things over the years. We're like, all right, this is gonna be it, and no one saw it. You know, <laughs> or like, and, and like, or and they're like that agent said no. You know, right. and they're like, this is this is great. They love you, but they just don't want to do anything with you. Oh, okay. No, um, or you know, or 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 just something does sell randomly, and you're like, "What? They want that?" Uh, well, okay. that's what happened with it, right? Yes, I know, I know. Something you don't even think is going to go anywhere, and then people love it, and it gets put on air. I know. Yeah, but it's. I mean, you know, hey, it's it is what it is. It's cool. It's fine. I think that you know, at this point, uh, I, you know, myself, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody's probably just accepted at this point. Like, hey, I'll make a million things and hope that one of them does something. Absolutely, and and now we're creating so much stuff ourselves, mm-hmm. and we can yeah. put it on, you know, That's the, the internet, part. which is, yeah, it is, and it really opens everything up instead of having to rely on one person's opinion or decision. Oh yeah, it's amazing because you can now create what you want, and then you could try to get people behind it, a crowd behind it, whatever you want to do, you mm-hmm. know. And and the the best part about it is at the end when you go, okay, I did this, and I did try at least because now you can make it yourself instead of going, well, how can I make yeah. that happen? Now you can just literally make it happen, and you're like, whoa, I did it. Okay, well now let's see what ha- you know, see if uh, people enjoy it. Yeah, I mean Jay. That's yeah. like what Jason worked on um, on Mark Norman's uh, special, and they did a whole mm-hmm. opening bit joking about all the companies that shot them down, and just yeah. like listed them one by one by one. And then it got sillier and sillier. 
But, uh, you know, he just put that out on YouTube, his own channel. And, you know, it it has like 5 million views. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, this didn't even sell. You know, it's wild. It really is a strange I know. I've talked to Mark. Yeah, I've talked to Mark about it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It Because, like, if I were an agent or a manager or a producer or the decision maker at these networks, there's just some people who are just, you know, like, you don't even have to think twice about it. But it's just an odd time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it, it helps. It does help that I'm a woman and that, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, they're looking for more diversity now. That's, sure. that's what's happening. Yeah, sure. As well as they should be, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. If Mark had a vagina, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. If Mark had a vagina. He would this have seven summer. specials. So. Yeah. yeah. Tootsie too. Yeah, that's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mark, I need you to do something. <laughs> Hold still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'd love to collaborate and do do something together. That'd be a lot of fun. We have too many uh, too many ideas. Yeah, a lot of bad ones. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I do too. And you know what? Again, I love working on so many different things because it it things happen when you do that. It's, yeah. Uh, I have so many friends that have one thing they're working on for so many years, and they're so angry that it doesn't go anywhere. And I'm like, you're it's you're shooting yourself in the foot. You can't do oh, that. Yeah, yeah, you can't. There's no way you can do that, like mm-hmm. to put to, to put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, hence the cheesy saying, but you definitely can't do that. You're just like oh. But we want to thank you so much, seriously, for doing this. We really, really appreciate it. And I know just uh, I know you got to go because you have the the set. But seriously, thank you again very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for having me on, and and you know it's. Uh, it's been great talking to you and I'm, and I'm grateful that you looked at it. So many things, and you know, a lot of times you do podcasts or interviews and people are like, so what do you do? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no idea what I've done or anything. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. We're, we've been big fans of yours for a long time. And, um, for sure. Like we'd love to collaborate on stuff. Uh, uh, and we, we definitely will send some stuff your way. And there, there is a project that I was working on with Mark, uh, me and uh, Mark can tell you about it and you can go, Jason, I said, I don't care. And I go, oh. <laughs> no, um, I would love to hear. And listen, Mark Norman is one of the funniest people on earth. Um, that guy, he's brilliant. So, yeah. And I love him as a person. He's a great guy. Yeah. So I'd love to do anything with Mark. Yeah, for sure. Thank you again to Jessica. That was really just an awesome interview. And, uh, just overall, just such a funny person, but so knowledgeable um, about comedy and about the whole business. And Ryan, I, I really want to see some of those projects that she has made. I just want to see um, that know. cartoon and everything. It, it really shines light on just what we don't realize that we're missing out on. You know, it just shows right. that there's so many projects from so many comedians all over the world that have something to say that have a great idea that we'll just never see. And we're never going to experience that specific laugh for that specific joke. So I, I really hope that that, makes me mad. I know Jay, hold on, hang in there, pal, but, um, don't cry. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. I really hope that the projects that Jessica was talking about actually come to fruition and we get to, to see them and and laugh. Yeah. Experience them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I'm excited to see hysterical, uh, the FX documentary, um, and I'm excited to see, you know, what what they talk about, because I, I really want I wanted to ask her, but I know we ran out of time, but I wanted to ask her about 
what view it, it is going to be in this documentary. You know, like the, the struggles of, you know, women in comedy, or is it going to be, um, you know, maybe uh, just the start of women in comedy, how it started more? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I didn't get to ask that, but uh, right. I am very curious to know all about that. And that, that shows how good of interviewers we are. We forgot to ask a super important question about the documentary that she was promoting. Wow, we suck. Yeah, we do. But, huh. you know, uh, that's understandable. <laughs> well, we'll find right, out. Well, we can't wait you to can, watch uh, it. If you want to hear more interviews where we suck and forget to ask the right questions, you're going to want to go uh, and follow Joke Artists at Believe.com or, you know, anywhere that you get uh, your podcast. You go to Apple, Spotify. I mean, we're on everything, baby. If you want to find us, if you want to listen to us, you, you'll have no problem finding us. Um, but you should also go to jessicacurson.com to find out uh, about Jessica's tour dates, everything she's got going on. Um, they're on her website, you, you know, there's links to her podcast, Relatively Sane and Disgusting Hawk, which you should uh, listen and watch both of them. Um, yeah, and you gotta you gotta find her on Instagram and follow her because she does these just hilarious bits, sketches, funny videos, pranks. Just um, some of her standups on there. Just a lot of stuff. It's a ton of content. She's always coming up with more and more content. Even her lives. I will say just a quick note that a lot of I mean I guess a lot of comedians, a lot of people do Instagram lives. And my initial thought whenever I see like that glowing thing is like, eh, you know, like it's just gonna be I don't know. But her lives, she is, she she puts on a show. It is hilarious. She is always so funny, and it's so real. Um, so if you see her doing an Instagram live, click in and enjoy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.